Welcome to You, Me, and the SEC, the podcast about the intersection of SEC football and culture, and we are all up in mascots. This is the way in February. How do you stay engaged with SEC football and culture when there's no football happening? That's right. There really is not a lot to talk about football-wise, but we have found our way with mascots. Yes, we have. And I think we would all agree that pro sports are wonderful, right? You love pro sports. Sure. Right? Who is your favorite National Hockey League team? National Hockey? Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to give me, like, all of pro sports, and then that would – I might need Well, no, I, I'm still – I'm curious on that, too. So, like, who, who would be your favorite pro sports team? The Braves. Okay, who's your second favorite pro sports team? The Browns. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> That's a good story. I don't know. You know, I had – um. I I really like Burrow at the Bengals. That was fun to watch, and so I might become a Bengals fan. Okay, you're just taking the tour of Ohio. <laughs> Maybe Brittany back in the day, this is like 2014. She's like, I'm going to be a Cleveland Browns fan, and then they started 0 and 2 or something. Yeah, as the Browns do. Well, I just I didn't know, and everybody when I was in Kentucky, everybody had an NFL team that they cheered for, and right. I wanted to be engaged. Actually, yeah. I think what it was is I got roped into one of your, uh, what do they call them? Like when you uh, do the snake draft with the people. The fantasy football. Fantasy league. football, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well done. The snake draft. <laughs> I got, and so I was like, well, this would be more fun if I had a team. But alas, yeah. they're the dogs too, which is also one of the reasons why I chose them. Yeah, and that, that's a mascot you don't see. You, you don't see it coming. You're like Cleveland Browns, dogs, okay. Sure. Yeah. Let, let's have at it. So, yeah, pro sports, wonderful. Everyone loves them. Don't really know pro sports for their mascots. Like on the sidelines, you don't really see, like there's not really, first of all, there's not many live mascots that I can think of from a pro sports perspective. Yeah. But even like the the costumed ones, I think you've got a few that are very significant, like Mr. Met and the Philly Fanatic. Okay. And, yes. You know the the costumed. Yes. Um, More baseball than football. Yeah, maybe baseball, but pro sports doesn't really have that mascot connection. But college sports, right? As we talked about uh, last time, there's so many uh, different things that we look for mascots. Uh, it, they 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 say something about our culture. They say something about our heritage and history. Uh, they celebrate furry animals, and the SEC has no shortage of that, and we are starting this week uh, to look at some of the live mascots in the SEC, and who are we looking at this week? We're looking at Miss Rev, Revely. Miss Rev, who was not invited to the SEC party until, of course, 2012. That's right. Uh, and has only been here for about 10 years, but we celebrate her nonetheless. She is the first lady of Aggieland. What an accomplishment. I know. Now, I'm, what is Aggieland? Like, what what are the geographic borders of that? That's, is, I don't know. You the, think there's an electric fence around there and, like, she can't leave Aggieland? Sounds like uh, some animal abuse right there. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit about the history of Miss Rev. Uh, known as Reveille. Uh, that's her name. Mm-hmm. And I want you to imagine a world that is 1931. All right. What what do you imagine about 1931? Um, in America? Yes. Um, I imagine a lot of brown. Mm, a lot of brown, huh? <laughs> the color brown. Yeah. Because yes. this was um, poor and depression. Yeah, it is. It's right in the middle of the and Great Depression. The fashion, Dust Bowl. The so, Dust Bowl see, brown. And like fashion-wise, I feel like a lot of people wore brown. Is that a thing? 
Yeah, I I don't know. I'm just telling you what is the images in my mind. Okay. I feel like so. It's that like so. the image of 1931 just has kind of a layer of dust over it. And yes. it just kind of colors very of the earth. Very like potato sack. Oh, brother, or art thou? Kind of that yes. vibe, earthy yes. almost. Yes. So imagine that world. Okay. And imagine that we are in College Station, the home of Texas A&M University. Uh, I think at one point it was called something else. I was Maybe about to say, should... I don't know if it was Texas A&M at that I point. I think it was. Maybe we should do that research. But imagine a world where we're at this place. And... Uh, Texas A&M, which is the, and you're going to talk more about this in a minute, the Corps Cadets, which is it, its own like podcast episode to kind of dive into that uh, culture and history of, of uh, Texas A&M. But anyway, uh, you have a, a group of cadets who are going through their exercises. They find a small dog, and they, they of course, I mean, being good people, take the dog into their care. Uh, the dog seems hurt. So they take the dog into their care, nurse it back to health in their dorm room at this time, as is typical procedure. Dog's not allowed in the dorm room. Uh, and they were they were discovered to be sheltering this dog uh, and nursing it back to health. But for one reason or another, the dog was allowed to stay and especially was become or became known to people around the campus. When in one of the mornings when the person who was uh, playing the bugle to wake the cadets up and playing the basically serving as the, the role as Reveille uh, to try to alert the, the cadets to, to awake, uh, the dog blew her cover by barking loud at the horn that was being played. Mm. Uh, it's, it seems to me to be a very, very uh, likely scenario. Yes. Because you've known some collies, right? I have. Collies do not stop barking, but more on that in a second. This, of course, Miss Rev, uh, as she became known as Reveille, uh, the first Reveille was not a collie. That's right. It was not a collie. I don't know what it was. Right. It wasn't a collie. I think it was some, I mean, there's a picture of it that we can include in the show notes, but I don't know what kind of dog that is. Can I tell you a fun fact about myself is that when I read that fact, that story that you just told me, until you said the word bugler, I thought it was a burglar. Ah, so <laughs> and I was course, about to correct you and be like, I think actually there was a burglar that came in and mm-hmm. he barked. Yeah, but well, now I'm well, looking you, back and it is bugler. Yeah, that's I it. Just don't read the word bugler very often in my daily life. I don't think it's a word we see often. I really can't say the word that you said. That's a word I cannot pronounce. Burglar. 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 I, I can't say, say hamburglar. Hamburglar. <laughs> I can't remember. It's hard it's to like say. English is not your first language. Hamburglar. Hamburglar. <laughs> okay, we'll stick with bugler then. So anyway, uh, the dog was adopted, uh, and she became known as Reveille, uh, and was allowed to stay on campus. I don't know. There really wasn't a lot of detail given, because it seems like that's a very loose policy of saying, yeah, we don't allow allow dogs. Oh, that's a cute one. She can stay. It's the 30s, okay? People, I don't know if you know a time in your historical life where we just needed joy. I think this is going to be the 2020s. Might be right now. It might be right now. Yeah. And I, um, if a dog came in our house, I would be like, sure. <laughs> Why not? Okay, so you're just saying that any random dog can walk in our house and we you'd be like, no, we need you to go away right now because you could be containing any number of diseases. That's probably true. Uh, well, we no, you can stay. You can stay. That's right. Uh, so but maybe anyway, they needed the joy. Yeah, maybe so. But they, they let the dog stay 
and it becomes over the next 13 years this beloved dog on campus uh it was uh, a, a dog that w- would run out um at the football games uh would be there just in everyone knew Reveille, uh and became in essence the official mascot of the football team uh Reveille one would die uh on january 18th 1944 and as a part of her funeral she was given a formal military funeral at kyle field that's pretty awesome it's pretty strong stuff mm-hmm. right uh but she'd become so much of the culture there that she earned that privilege and she was buried at the north entrance facing the scoreboard with the idea that she could always watch the Aggies play. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet. It is. Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. <laughs> I think for one of these others, I don't know if they, they did it for this uh, Reveille, but they played taps and just gave the whole thing uh, at her funeral. So again, that's kind of part of the core cadet culture. Can you talk a little bit about that uh, at A&M? Kind of what, uh, what that is and and what the significance is? Um, I can, and yes, I'm going to talk about this a little bit, but I also want to be very clear that I am not super well-versed in military culture and formality. So, um, But as we all know at Texas A&M, this is a big part of A&M, and this is a big part of Reveille. Or Reveille, I guess, is a big part of, of them, that she is managed and cared for um, by... Um, a mascot corporal um, and the mascot corporal is chosen from within the unit every spring. It's different every year. Um, and Reveille lives with that person every year, every day, like all day, all year. And I just, I've watched a couple videos. We'll link those in the notes too. And it's, it's pretty amazing. We'll kind of get into that a little bit more, but um, as Ben was saying that all of the deceased Reveille's are buried now outside of Kyle Field because they ran out of room. Right, and I think that as they expanded the stadium, that they got to a position to where they wanted to expand. It was running into where all the Revelies were buried, so they basically dug all of them up and put them on uh, at another place. Right, right outside. Right. The north end of Kyle Field. But then you have the problem where Revelies can't see the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. So then they built them a little mini scoreboard, and it's very cute. Now, as we know, ranking is really big in um, the military and with the Corps of Cadets, and Miss Rev is actually the highest-ranking member of the Corps of Cadets, and she wears five silver diamonds. Um, and the Corps commander, who is the leader, um, he only has four. So she's actually higher than the commander. Yeah, what kind of qualities are they looking for in this mascot corporal, the person who is assigned? Because you imagine like a 20-year-old guy, and I think, I, I don't know if, if that's a co girl. Oh, is yeah. it okay? Mm-hmm. So, like, would you at 20 years old want that responsibility to, to take care of that important of an animal for, like, 24-7? Right. I know. I thought about that, too. I mean, what goes into that? Right. Like, and the, those videos that I watched of their daily life, I mean, they go to class with them. They go home with them on on holidays um like you know they go on dates with them they they go they but they also have to escort them to functions that miss rev needs to go to do you think the mascot corporal is going to be a very popular get on campus like if that's someone that because you you basically if you're wanting to date that person you've got this third wheel there all the time yeah i feel like i would date that person just for a year 
And then once Miss Rev left. But you never could get out of her. Like you would always be in her presence. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, but like, I mean, they're 20 year old (laughs) college students. I mean, at some point you're putting Miss Rev in maybe a compromised position. I I mean, mean, Miss Rev has to sleep sometimes. 20 year olds are sneaky. They can figure this out. But one of the other things about about Miss Rev is that if she is on your bed, you cannot, as mascot corporal, you cannot sleep on that bed. If she decides, I'm going to sleep on your bed, then, sorry, buddy, you got to hit the floor. Like, I feel like that would not be something that could endear you to not only friends, but, you know, also potential, like, friend, friendly friends. Maybe, but she's pretty awesome. The other tradition is that um, if Reveille barks in class, that class has to end because right. Miss Rev is bored. Right. So as a teacher, uh, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Like, you're not going to let a four-legged animal come in here and tell me what I'm doing in my room. And I'm sorry, I'd be one of those teachers to be like, mm, sorry, you can't do that. To the dog? To yes. To the five diamond dog? Exactly. I'm going to tell that dog, I'm like, shut up. And I don't I'm think the one. I dismiss teaching. class. The bell does not dismiss class. And sure as heck, the dog's not going to dismiss class. You know, I went on to Facebook, which tells no lies, and found this post from Texas A&M asking uh, who was in a class when Miss Rev barked, did you get out of class? So you get all these people who give these stories. And now I want to give uh, I give credit to these names. Um, uh, Melissa Jerseld once said that she got out of class because Miss Rev was snoring. <laughs> so do you think snoring, does that count as barking? I think that's totally disrespectful, actually, as a dog that would snore during your class. I would feel as a teacher I'd be very offended, and I'd be more challenged like to not let her. Or not let the class out. Not let the class out. But if the spirit of the rule is that she's bored, then... No, I don't think barking means bored. Well, that's what it, that's what it says, that the professor should end class because Miss Rev is bored. That's why she's barking. It's a total misrepresentation of what a dog wants. But that's, I mean, that's the... Okay, I think you're getting a little too deep into the psyche of a dog and no, less no. on the tradition No, I'm just of... not assuming. Forget tradition. I'm just assuming. I'm not assuming anything about what a dog thinks. Like, I think it, it's a little presumptuous to think that just because a dog barks that it's automatically bored. I think that you're taking this personal as a teacher. Of course I'm taking it personal, but I feel like teachers need to have a say in this, and, and these traditions sometimes can get in the way of education. I mean, when people say, what's the best school in Texas? I don't think they're saying Texas A&M. I think they're saying the University of Texas. And I think we know why. Because you're letting a dog direct uh, the the course of education. Uh, Allison Peters once said uh, that they got out of class uh, because Rev saw her reflection in a mirror and growled at it. <laughs> I think that was Rev 6. I think uh, we've got more stories about Rev 6 in a minute. Uh, John Phillips said that it was very common to say, hey, Rev, squirrel, and that would get Rev barking. Nice. I think it's a good call, too. Uh, and then Jenny Straff, something like that, uh, said that one time she was uh, in class and the new Rev came in that was still a puppy at that point, and she ran to her and jumped in her lap. Oh. So I, I think it's a crazy tradition, uh, and they're giving way too much power to this dog to not only let it like kick a grown man out of a bed, but also to like dismiss the educational process. I think it's disturbing. 
I think that I don't know how well you would have done in the military if you're going to fight these things. So maybe it's good that you didn't go to the military. They're like, these are college students. This is not like the Air Force. I mean, calm down. This is the <laughs> core of cadets. This is not the Air Force. Okay, calm down. <laughs> right? I mean, people just need to chill here with their dog and, and, and the things that are happening here with it. It would definitely, I think it definitely does take a special person to, I wonder if they have a lot of people lined up to be her handler or whatever they call it. Oh my it, gosh. Like, or if it's like, no, only a certain amount of people really could do that. I feel like it, this would be a good gig. Like, to, I mean, I, well, let me rephrase. A very popular gig. I mean, to be able to be Miss Rev's handler, I think that's something that would be, I mean, put that on a resume. I you know. You talk about personal responsibility and like right. subservience to your overlords. I mean, that's, oh, wow. that's basically what we have here. Yeah. All right. Let me get, let's get into, I'm going to get you off this train that you're on right now. Um, okay. So, Reveille 1. We don't really know what kind of breed that dog was. I think we, we call it in the biz, I think we call her a mutt. A mutt. Yeah. Um, Reveille, too. So they waited like eight years before they got another it's Reveille. interesting, yeah. Uh, so 44 to 52, and I, I guess they're like, yeah, I remember that, you know, back at that point, let's go back and do that. It's funny because before they do Reveille, too, I saw that in the, the, the median time, students at A&M had failed to raise enough money to purchase a new dog. Right. Like, what are you trying? What kind of dog are you trying to buy? And who doesn't have the money to buy a dog? Like, combining together. Seems a little ridiculous. Well, I mean, this was the brown dust bowl it was of the depression. Brown, it was the brown times. The brown times. To be fair, though, this post-World War II, I mean, I think at this point we're moving to maybe a little bit more green. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the, the times are changing a little bit. It's kind of odd there. Well, Reveille 2 was donated um, by a Texas name graduate, and it was a Shetland Sheepdog. Yes. So, but I think between one and two, there are a couple unofficial dogs. Oh, there were there. Yes. Yeah, so they had our other. Un, I actually, this just says unofficial mascot. So I'm not. I'm not even going to assume there are dogs such as Tripod, Spot, and Ranger. Tripod. Right. Is that a name of a just a. They get a camera out there, or what? I is... I don't know if this animal only had three legs. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't tough. know if it was a dog. I'm guessing this animal had three legs, and see, that's a whole you... other story that we just don't know. See, when you don't raise enough money, you get a dog with three legs and not four. That's so right. That's gonna hold you back. None of those mascots, I guess, warranted the Reveille name, but this Shetland Sheepdog did. Do you know? Uh, have you ever been around Shelties? No. Is that uh -uh. what they're called? Okay. So my grandparents had several Shelties growing up and we'll get to collies in a minute Sh shelties are very cute but they are like high level annoying mm. in terms of their bark it is high and it is yelpy mm. and it's just not a great thing they also got very long hair so like there's hair everywhere but they're so cute yeah well that was one of the um do they call them handlers like the whoever is in charge yeah of... let's do that okay we're in call my hand i'm sure yeah. they have like a fancier name than that mm -hmm. but they said that's a big part of taking care of Reveille is brushing her coat. Yeah. I wouldn't have time for that. Yeah. Yeah. That that is, and she has to go to the groomer often. Yeah, I would definitely not have time for that. I'm just kind of conditioned with our dog to just avoid any other human contact. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but, yeah, that's something that we saw is that they would take, she would go to, or the, like, current 
Revelies go to get groomed every week. Mm-hmm. Is that something that happens? Do dogs get groomed every week? I think yes. I think there are certain dogs that do. So moving on to rough collies. Yeah, well, actually, well, Revely too. Let me just, I, I, there's a couple other stories about her real quick that I've I enjoyed. She was the first that they started to take the class. Like, she was the one that started that tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also, when she would run out on the field for football games, uh, she would uh, relieve herself on the field. And uh, students would actually take bets where she would go, mm-hmm. which I'm all for that. Um. So by Revely 3, right? Mm-hmm. This is your first purebred rough collie. Yes. Um, so what do you know about rough collies? Why are they called rough collies? Because of their, their mane. It's like their mane. <laughs> okay, Mufasa. <laughs> because like, I don't think of when the I hair see... is rough, it's not like oh, smooth. Yes. Okay, that's true. Okay, <laughs> think I could of the see opposite that. of rough. Yes. But uh, you know, you don't see many smooth collies. Yeah, I don't know what that would be. Well, it's I think it's just a short hair. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we had a short hair border collie growing mm-hmm. up, and border collies are smaller than rough collies. Uh, a lot more useful um, than rough collies, which are, in my opinion, extremely annoying. Well, so rough collies, like most collies, are herding dogs. Yes. And they originally come from Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were used in Scotland, of course, for herding and all of that. But they became popular in the late eight. I think you're going to have to check my time frame in the late 1800s due to Queen Victoria. Yes. Yes. And we're talking about the, again, and I mentioned on the last podcast, the second industrial revolution. All right. So I think a border collie. Did you not want me to talk more about the second mm-hmm. industrial revolution? Not really. Okay. I think collies were seen hanging around Buckingham Palace. <gasps> Word got around and they became a lot more popular outside of their usefulness. You talk about them as though they're like henchmen or thugs or something. <laughs> be like, did you see them hanging around? Did you see them over there by the corner? They're eyeing the queen. I think it's more like gossipy, like fancy. Gossipy <laughs> fancy. I love it. Oh, gosh. Okay, so, but they eventually got replaced by border yeah, collies. Yeah, that's right. Border so collies. So their usefulness became less. That's right. Because border collies, I don't know. The border collies are awesome. Everyone um, loves border collies. And then they just kind of continued on being more of a show dog. Yeah. Um, They're fancy dogs. A fancy dogs. And yep. then you hit the 1950s. <gasps> Okay. I think it's a 50s. What color are we into in the 1950s? We've escaped <laughs> this is the more brand. like black and white and pink. That's what I think of the 50s. We should, I should, should I black like. Black and white and pink? Yes. Should I like give colors to every decade? Of because I think this should happen now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. Why are the 50s black and white and pink? Because I'm thinking like poodle skirts and like black and white checkers. and It, it works. It works. Just oh. trust me. I was thinking I love Lucy. Okay, and yeah. And like TV being in black and white. Yeah, and that too. See, that's that very too. clever of me. So what other black and white TV shows do you remember in the 50s that might have to do with Rough Collies? Well, I wasn't around the 1950s, so I can't tell you. Have you ever heard of Lassie? I have. She was a Rough Collie. <gasps> that's right. Or he? Lassie. You can do it. Girl. You can do it. Because her name's Lassie. <laughs> <laughs> How insulting. <Ooh. laughs> yeah, Lassie would be like if... if that was a boy collie. I would have been very insulted. Laddie. Be laddie. Um, but there's a whole line. There's like a whole line of actors that they were all, everybody who played Lassie was related to the original Lassie. Oh, really? And there's this whole line of Lassies 
like bloodline that is like royalty. Sounds like incest. It possibly is. <laughs> so, and that's the one one of the only animals, not the only, but one of the few animals that has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Were you allowed to watch Lassie growing up? I did not. I chose not to. You chose um, not to. Yeah, I think. Incredible foresight on your. I know. I think by that time I knew I couldn't handle. I early on I knew that if there was something with the name of an animal as in the right. title, then that just kind of clued me in. Yeah, I think everyone needs to know that you are the one that hyperventilated during Marley and me watching that in the theater. Correct. Uh, and had to like leave the theater. Or no, was that your sister? No, my sister left the theater, okay. abandoning me. Yes. To be there. Yes. Alone. So yeah, y'all really strong constitutions against. Uh, it was and like animal let me say this tension. was the day after Christmas. It was a very crowded theater. Oh, I bet like all was there. everybody, I'm sure saw all of this. I cried all the way home. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Um. So, so anyways, I never have seen Lassie. I know there's something about like Timmy in a well. I don't really even know what Lassie's about. I don't even about. want to explore that. I mean, Timmy in a well. Have you seen Lassie? I mean, maybe. I don't know. It's Nothing like, memorable. Like it didn't stick with me. But uh, Lassie, you know, I've always heard. Uh, well, and and Lassie, uh, maybe as a kid, maybe I got Lassie and Old Yeller mixed up. I think uh, both of those. Or right are... now, are you getting it mixed up? Because I don't think Lassie dies. Lassie doesn't die. I don't think so. Because you just told like... me there's a whole line of Lassies. Like, what are they doing? Well, just the, checking out the actor. The actor. Oh, the actor dies. <laughs> okay, I got gotcha. you. But Lassie, she saves everybody. You sure that Lassie doesn't die? No, I'm not sure that Lassie doesn't die. But I think you're right. I think we get them mixed up with Old Yeller. So what does the series finale of Lassie look like? I don't know. Maybe she dies like in her sleep peacefully. Well, that is anticlimactic. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't think that's the whole thing like in Redfern Grows or wherever. So anyways, that's all I have about Rough Collies is Lassie is the most famous Rough Collie, but Miss Rev is a very close second. So of course we kind of continue on the Revelies as they go down. Yeah, line. yeah, and they go about like six to eight years. I mean, that's generally what it is. And they don't like Revelies don't die; they they retire. Correct. Which I think is I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of disrespectful to ask a dog to be the mascot for its whole life. Mm-hmm. Like you need a retirement, mm-hmm. right? Where you don't have that that pressure of looking pretty all the time. Some dogs on duty just die. Yeah, well, and and again, to ask the dog to do that. Well, maybe it's not of old age. Maybe right. some just die. Yes. I, I know like what you're an, thinking. Like an Ugga <laughs> while I was there. Yeah. Well, um, you, yeah, but you none must of... be like a cursed class at UGA because it, the year that I mean, be a senior when Ugga dies, like I'm surprised they, they let you all graduate. I feel like that at that point they'd be like, you know what? Y'all, y'all aren't going to help us. You can't be a part of this class. Well, you know, Matthew Stafford was there, and now he is a Super Bowl champion. That's right, he is. So. He is. He had, um, he's come so far to right. come through that disaster. He wasn't there. He had already graduated. Or did he go pro? I don't you know, he stayed think there so. Three years? He wasn't the year that Ugga died. He wasn't? Who no. was? Joe Cox. Oh, gosh. Well, that was a cursed year. <laughs> um. Anyways, so yes, they none of the Revelies have died in service. <laughs> It's service. What? That's what it's they like, are. It's like someone like threw a football out of bounds and hit it in the head. <laughs> that'd be really sad. Can you imagine how sad that'd be? That would. There's be... actually a, a play that I saw to where there was a, um, oh, I forget who they were playing, but w- w- it, 
Reveille's handler, like a player, like a wide receiver was going for a ball and, and couldn't get it, was running off the side of the field, and the handler, like, jumped in the way to keep the, the player from, like, running over Reveille. So oh that was very exciting. That sounds exciting. I'm yeah. i to see that. Um, But, yeah, anyway, so they go and retire, and they have a place in College Station that they re- they go and retire, and it's, like, a lovely retirement. So they all have a really great what is a what does a dog's retirement look like? I don't know. What do you think it should look like? I think a lot of treats, and I think like belly rubs whenever they want it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think that's it. Well, that's probably what that's probably what they have. Yeah, they, treats and belly rubs. Treats and belly rubs. And just rubs. constant barking if you're Reveille, because collies that's all they do. But maybe Reveille, uh, the Reveille collies are are trained better, which gets us into some of the stories and I think what we wanted to do to close out here is just some of the other stories of some of the Reveille's throughout the years. Uh, do you have a story about a Reveille that you want to share? Cause they get into some interesting hijinks. Well, Reveille six st- stuck out to me the most. Yeah. So they give you the years Reveille six was, uh, the nineties, basically the Clinton administration, mm. which I don't know if that says something, but, uh, so 93 to Oh one, uh, and there's some interesting things that happens to to Reveille, to Reveille 6. Right. So just like most animals, each Reveille kind of has their own personality. And mm-hmm. I think that especially, especially lately, probably especially after this lady, um, they really try to vet the Reveille's to have a good personality, be, to be able to handle everything that they have to do. Yeah. Um, so after she began her duties, Reveille was actually kidnapped. So we're starting off like real high, like high energy, high stress situation like for eat her. Eat your heart out, Michael Bay. I mm. mean, this is, a, we got explosions and American flags and everything. Right. So for almost a week, the University of Texas students had kidnapped her, but Texas A&M denied that she had ever been stolen. So, uh, first of all, A plus prank. A plus. That like, how can you beat that if you're students from Texas? I don't know. I mean, it's fantastic. I don't know. I think that's. I think that's a little too far. Oh come on! I mean, it's 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 all like, in good fun. I, I feel mean, like you just... are not put putting the amount of respect that Miss Rev deserves. I think these dogs need to be challenged. I think we need to really put them in the crosshairs and think, okay, are you worth the hype? I don't know, you that's know. Just, that's just the, the way I look at it. You know, I think this Reveille had the the hardest life out of all of them, honestly. So she gets kidnapped, okay? Mm-hmm. Again, A-plus work by the Texas students. A&M doesn't come out and say anything? No, for almost a week. You know what this reminds me of? What? It reminds me of, this is a really bad comparison, and I'll probably edit this out. But it reminds me of when the queen didn't come out and say anything about when Princess Di died. Oh. That you think that she, they didn't really care about Miss Rev? Well, they didn't know how to respond. Like, if you're A&M, you're like, yep, she's stolen. I mean, that shows just a complete lack of competence. Right. You do that. If you stay quiet for a long time, which you do, it's like, well, I guess they don't care. Like, what do you and, do there? Well, and she's managed by a bunch of 20-year-olds. It's an incredible lack of understanding of the importance of keeping this so-called dog uh, in, in, a, in a safe spot. So, like, what happened? So, after the school finally acknowledged that she had was gone. Murdered. 
<laughs> gone. <laughs> they released a statement and they said that we're going to press charges on whoever took her. Yeah. And at that point, she was tied to a post near a lake and an anonymous caller informed the police of her location. And that's where they found her. And that's where they found her. How about that? She was unharmed and she resumed her duties. I also saw for that story, they like, I think one of the students called into a radio show and talked about how easy it was to steal her. She was at her home. This is where she lived. She wasn't on campus. She was at home and just tied up, and, and they were like, yeah, we just walked in the backyard and just took her. Wow. So, I mean, okay. Yeah. But, like, again. 1993, simpler times. Uh, right, exactly. Um, Reveille Six also was a movie star. Ooh. Uh, she starred. Was she lassie? Perhaps so. Uh, but she starred in a movie uh, called Reveille, My Life. Oh. As an Aggie mascot. So We that, should have watched that for autobiography. preparation. I took a look for it. I couldn't find it. And she also, this is probably my favorite part, uh, Reveille Six uh, celebrated with George W. Bush at the his inaugural ball. Oh, wow. Why? I mean, if you're well, from- Well, he's a Texas guy. Right, I guess that's right. Okay. Exactly, right. Uh, yeah, if you're from Texas, uh, you, I mean, you have to, to bring out all the, the celebrities. I've seen, uh, I've watched a lot of SMU basketball games lately, as one does. Sure. Uh, and George W. Bush has been at a lot of those games. Mm. He just sits on the front row. I'm like, okay. I mean, I you know, I've always said the best job is a retired president. Okay. I just feel like that's where I really want to be. Yeah. In life. Yeah. I don't want to be a president. But I want to be a retired. You're a retired president. Most of my aspirations include the word retired in front of them. I think it's a good uh it's a good goal, uh, for sure. Uh so that's yeah, that's Reveille Six. Uh what any other Reveille's with, with stories that uh I, I liked Reveille Five, just a little shout out here, Reveille Five, which was like late eighties. Uh her um her kind of thing is she'd like to go into classrooms and steal the erasers. Aww. Again, I would not be about that. I'd be like, okay, Reveille 5. I wonder if as a teacher you would get like a formal reprimand. Probably so. And then be like, I'm out of this hellhole. I'm not going to let this dog tell me what to do. That would that would probably be the case. Let's talk about Reveille 7. Okay. Because I think there's a lot to talk about with Reveille 7. All right. So, um, again, Reveille 6 is gone. This is the one that was like Law and & Order and like Movie Star and a politician. Okay. So, very big pause to fill so to speak. So Reveille 7, one of the early days that she was a mascot um, at their game against TCU, uh, she was barking out of turn. <gasps> the horror, right? I mean, unbelievable. All these high-pitched barks. Again, it's what a collie does, right? Collie's barks are absolutely annoying. And it seemed that she was just having a hard time with the environment, so they decided to send her to obedience school. Okay, which is, I feel like maybe they should have done that before. That seems fine. like something that should have been done. But then she really had a hard time uh, just learning the ropes and knowing how to be Reveille, just this graceful, beautiful collie uh, that just lives life uh, in majesty. She was reported to have bit her handler one time mm. after getting stepped on, which, again, if I get stepped on, I'm probably coming out swinging. Yeah. Um. But she had to retire at age seven because she just didn't behave well enough. 
So there you go. Maybe that's the one why they vet them so much this nowadays for yeah. personality because her personality just wasn't she was too feisty but i just feel a lot i feel like dogs are going to be dogs you've got to let them be a little rough around the edges mm. especially like you know when we talk about some other dog breeds that are you know pretty sedentary i mean they are what they are but you know collies get out and they're herding dogs so i don't know it's kind of bad form on a&m to like you gotta let her you or put her in this position mm. right you kind of have to just let her be herself so i don't know so you're you're gonna you're fighting. Is that your favorite one? Yes, of course. Cause she she fought the system. Yeah, and there's no stories of her going into classrooms and disrupting everybody and stealing chalkboards. And she was herself, and she got run out. So <laughs> it's tough. I hate it for her. Gosh, gosh. Did you know that in 2017, before we wrap up here, uh, Peta. Had some complaints. Oh, I'm sure they did. So this is our, when we do mascots, we have to have a PETA corner. Because you know PETA, the, what what does PETA stand for? Pets, people, again, people, pet pets, people eating things a lot. That's it. Know. Yeah, you crushed that. I think we all know what PETA is. The protection of the ethical treatment. Ethical of treatment of animals. That's it. All right. So, but I like people eating things a lot. I I'm all for that. Anyway, they they filed a report that um, didn't really complain about Reveille, but apparently there was a story on A&M's campus in which golden retriever dogs were being bred with muscular dystrophy, mm-hmm. and. Thus, you know, treatment, research, trying to find ways to to um, address that disease and that condition. Uh, but PETA was like, listen, you're you're purposely breeding these dogs for this purpose while on campus. This collie lives in absolute luxury. Uh, this is something that cannot be. Mm-hmm. And, and the story didn't really go into like you need to stop uh, treating Reveille so good, although PETA has talked extensively about how animals should not be viewed as entertainment purposes for humans, and I think maybe Reveille fits in there. Mm. Uh, it could be interpreted, but they are also against this practice that was happening on A&M's campus. Interesting. So PETA was out and about when it came to that. So that yes. has been the PETA corner of this P- mascot PETA corner. episode. So now we're on Reveille 10. Um, Reveille 9 just retired last year. Um, and so in the spring, they had Reveille 9 and Reveille 10 mm-hmm. together and kind of in a shadow mentor-mentee situation for the whole semester, oh. kind of breaking Reveille 10 in. Um, you know what I think is kind of interesting, I didn't think about it till now, is they really don't have their own names. You know, like other mascots, like like you might be like Big Mike, but it's like Big Mike like that's like your show name but you're actually Todd. I feel like all tigers should be named Todd. <laughs> but I I think Miss Revely, I think that's like you are like I wonder if all the retired Revelies it's like if they're like hey Rev, no you, Miss Rev. Well, it's not like they're all together. Yeah, when they're dead. No, it's not like they're... they bring back a reunion and they're all there partying together. They all retire at the same place. At the Stevenson Companion Animal Life Care Center. That sounds like a very, very hopping place in College know. Station. And they're all retired there together. Yeah, but again, they're not, there's not like five of them there. Oh, yeah, you're right. Only one That's of them what I'm saying. Right it's now. like 
for instance, Revly Five uh, ended in in 1993 and died 22 years ago. Well, then in heaven. Oh, that's what's right. What's gonna what happen? What are they called? What's gonna? I had a we book. Know all dogs go to heaven. I, I had that book when I was little. Um, well, so, that is a great question. I read at one point one of them was named Kelly. Yeah, I read that too. And then was I, I forget which one, but they were then. So Reveille, um, so this year she is under the care of Lucas Scroggins. Um, and here's their picture. I'm going to show you and we'll link it. He looks very excited. Yes, he does. That is a powerful thumbs up. It is. He has a big thumbs up. And yeah. she, I mean, it's a beautiful dog. That is. And I, listen, you're never going to hear me say that Reveille is not beautiful. It is, I would argue, the most beautiful live mascot in all of college sports. I mean, I I would I couldn't a find be- a good argument creature. for you because it she really is, and she wears maroon really well, or yes, she does. whatever the color is. Yeah, who knows? Um, so yeah, so she's still pretty new. Um, and we'll um tag some things. We'll tag her Instagram. I wonder. And her I wonder if she has Twitter. any uh, nil deals. Oh, I'm sure she does. Oh my gosh, she totally should. We need to have one of these episodes a brainstorming session to pitch NIL NIL deals for all these mascots. Look, we can schedule Miss Rev right here. <gasps> what? I know. You think she'd come to Georgia? Yes. Just for meet and greet? Well, she did. <laughs> I saw that she came to uh, when AM played uh, Georgia a couple years ago. She was in Athens. I bet we would have to pay money, though. I don't think she'd just do that. Well, we could just go kidnap her because yeah. apparently it's pretty easy. Maybe I should edit that out uh, so it's not incriminating later. So the question is, what makes Reveille a good mascot? Uh, I think a couple things. One, her beauty, like you said. I think she's a very pretty animal and Mm -hmm. very regal, I would say. Yes. Um, And I think the other thing is that the connection to the military and her rank in the military system and how that is important into the culture and life at Mm A&M. And then I also feel like her eyes. Her eyes? Have you seen her eyes? I don't know. Collie eyes, they're just like really beady, Mm -hmm. I would say. Why does that make it a good mascot? I don't know. I just just feel like I can't go through this podcast without mentioning her beady eyes. Weird. What? That's weird. What's weird? Her eyes? Yeah, the beady eyes. Like, like have you they... ever seen, like, they're not, like, big eyes. They're, like, tiny little collie eyes. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a thing. Collie eyes. I don't think it is a thing. I just feel like that's, that's like, think of our dog's eyes and then look at that dog's eyes. Okay, you're right. <laughs> she has, like, she tiny like... little eyes. No, that's not but a very good be... flattering uh, angle. Well, that's her Twitter profile. <laughs> But I think that she like she kind of looks like a camel. I mean, if you take away the hair and like the the rest of the body, she's got like a, a camel face. This going put, on. not all of them have had beady eyes, but this one in particular, she just she has really tiny eyes. Look. Yeah. Okay. All right. So still sure. very pretty, but um, yeah. But those beady eyes. Listen, when I want a mascot, we got we can't have big eyes. If they have beady eyes. I just feel like it's very distinguished characteristic of this particular Reveille. Okay. All right. Shout out there, uh, Miss Rev. I think that what makes her good is that you have, like, you have this extended culture around her. And mm-hmm. I think you kind of touched on that. I think it's just really cool when if you – mascots are all about pride for your school, right? Right. Um, 
So, like, when you have this, like, ridiculous culture around her, which objectively is ridiculous, but it adds to, like, that's my ridiculousness, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something that you can, as an A&M fan, you can kind of circle around. And there are plenty of things for A&M to circle around in terms of their traditions and say that's our thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Reveille is one of those. So I like that. Uh, I think that live, live mascot dogs are just cool. I think there's just something about a live mascot dog that there's this element of friendship that you have that anybody, A&M fans everywhere, like they will, they they can consider Reveille like their best friend. Right. Because that's what dogs are, right? So like to have a dog as a, as your your best friend is, is something else. But I think it also comes down to, I think it's just like, you you don't have to apologize as an A&M fan unless you're talking to PETA. You don't have to apologize for anything about Reveille because that is, unless you're offended by her beady eyes, I mean, she is a a beautiful creature. That's right. And I think that that makes for something that can create a lot of pride when you're talking about your mascot. And I think she has a very unique stance at A&M as their mascot because she's not there as like an aggressor. It's not like, you know, like a lot of other mascots are like maybe Big Mike, if we mentioned him before, like, you know, or Todd even (laughs) Todd, who's, you know, taking the stint now, but she's very obedient and she's very regal. And it's almost like puts them, helps them feel like a level up. It creates a sense of discipline that your football team always wants to exude and show. And uh, I think she's she's certainly a, a, a dog that, unless you're Reveille 7, who's my favorite, right, who mm-hmm. bit everybody, but yeah. um, you, you kind of showcase that in your mascot, too. Right. So, yeah, we love Reveille. What would you rank Reveille in our mascot rating system? Oh, my gosh. The MRS. Okay. We talked about this at length, right? Sure. Uh, what would you rate uh, Reveille on our mascot rating system from 1 to 10? 10 being the best mascot ever. Yes. Um, I would rate her, I would rate her like an 8.5. 8.5. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, if it wasn't for the eyes, maybe a nine. Yeah. Wait, I thought you liked the eyes. I know, but now that I. We I, need to know your stance on the eyes because you were there and now you're here and I can't follow you because my eyes are kind of beady too. So I just cannot follow where you're going. I think that this particular Rev, she just has really beady eyes. You know eyes, what? I tell you what, AM's like first game next year, I am going to be looking for those eyes. And I probably won't be able to find them because they're so small. I know. But I will be but looking She'll be hard. very well groomed. I'm sure she will. Uh, Lucas will, will take care of her. Although Lucas, he might not be the. I no, don't think he he'll, won't. he'll be gone. Yeah. By Lucas, we, we hardly knew you. I'll give you a thumbs up. Um, I'm going to rank Revely a 7.9. Mm hmm. And I really have no justification for that. I feel like that's just where she should be. Okay. So there we go. All right. Well, I tell you what, you probably didn't expect that we could go 45 plus minutes talking about Reveille, but here we are. And I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, We're going to move on and talk about another mascot uh, for next time. I don't know who it'll be yet. Who do you want to talk about next? I don't know. I kind of like this dog train. Hey, listen, I've heard that there's a new Smokey in town. Really? In Knoxville, yes. Oh, let's go there. So let's head to Knoxville. We'll talk about Smokey, who is a little less regal looking. Yes. But I think a lot more real. Mm. Like, this is a dog, mm. right? Reveille is kind of a show pony. Yeah, compared to Smokey. Yeah, Smokey's a dog. Right, you got the howl. 
Yes, among mm. other things. And the, the rifle and the coonskin cap. Yeah, different vibe. Very different vibe. Uh, so that's where we'll head now. It's a good time. All right. Hope you'll be back next time. I'm Ben. I'm Brittany. And this has been You, Me, and the SEC. Bye.